What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Episode nine, tale of the tapes. Today is uh, today. We got public enemy. Got me a little chocolate milk right now. Not even a water today. I'm going with the chocolate milk today. Um, I want to say before we get on, I apologize if there happens to be like any noises in the background or anything. I got myself isolated right now, but um, normally the girls are out. The kids are out. They usually have dance class today. Obviously with all this fucking nonsense that's going on that you won't find me talking about. They're home today. So um, they're upstairs. They're going to... They're going to do their best to keep quiet if that's the word you want to use, but they're three and six, so then they're only going to be so quiet. So apologies for that, but they are funny as hell, so if we do catch them saying anything, it might be glorious anyway. Um, I'm not like most people, and my podcast won't be like most podcasts. I will do the exact opposite of talk about what's trendy and going on right now and shit like that, so you're not even going to see me talk about any of that shit. Um, I like chess, so I'm more of a take my stance, sit back and observe and then say, I told you type of person. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of it for me on that. We've wasted enough time on that nonsense already. In my opinion, let's get on to the hip hop. Um, I have a feeling that this might be this one right here. This is, this is a little rough. This might be one of the first episodes that I get some major flack from. Um, we'll obviously get into why, but I stand strong on my assessments, not only today, but my assessments that I've given and my assessments that I will give in the future. Anyone else who has listened to and studied 150 plus public enemy Chuck D progressive Griff songs in succession can come talk to me. Um, Chuck D particularly is a guy that you don't necessarily hear a lot of random people referring to him as one of the all-time greats. Like, I don't really think I would get, I think I'd probably get more LL Cool J answers of, of people that we've done up to this point. Um, but you do hear a lot of the greats in, in the game today talk about him with very high praise. Uh, similar to like a Cool G rap or somebody like that where... Your average person really, I won't say he doesn't know them, but it's just not one of those people that normally would come to mind when you walk around and just ask people. Unless you, you know, you get avid hip hop fans, you're probably not going to get Cool G Rap or Chuck D as uh, as the greatest of all time. There might be some, but I think you would think you would probably get more LL Cool J answers. But when you speak to actual rappers. Chuck D is, is brought up a lot by a lot of different people. So it, it obviously does mean something that the people that are that are doing it big now or were doing it big after him, you know, all have him very high on their list. So getting into the group Public Enemy, who had their debut album in 1987, the current members right now of Public Enemy are Chuck D and DJ Lord, as far as I understand. The past members of Public Enemy were Terminator X, Flavor Flav, and Professor Griff. 
Of those members who were rappers, Chuck D qualified as well as Professor Griff, but Flavor Flav did not. Terminator X and DJ Lord are DJs. So Chuck D and Professor Griff qualified out of the actual rappers. Flavor Flav didn't. And they will be scored individually. So really we're doing we're doing Chuck D and Professor Griff today, but the group Public Enemy as a group did qualify. So they're all their group albums all were qualified albums and, and you know stuff that was studied and listened to and taken into consideration and stuff like that. So let's get into a little brief background about Public Enemy. Public Enemy is an American hip-hop group formed in Long Island, New York in 1985. They are famous for their music with the heavy political message alongside extreme criticism of the media of the United States, with many of their works also revolving around frustrations and concerns of the African-American community. Public Enemy's debut album, Yo Bum Rush the Stage, was released in 1987 to critical acclaim, and their second album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, in 1988, was the first hip-hop album to top the Village Voices, Paz, and Jop critics poll. Their next two albums, Fear of a Black Planet in 1990 and Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Back in 1991, were also well-received by music critics. Public Enemy has gone through lineup changes over the years, with Chuck D being the only consistent member of the group. Professor Griff left in 1989, but rejoined in 1998, while DJ Lord joined Public Enemy the same year as the replacement of the group's original DJ, Terminator X. Flavor Flav, one of the co-founders of Public Enemy, was a member of the group for three and a half decades until he was fired in 2020. Since the split with Flavor Flav, Public Enemy tour and record music under the name of Public Enemy Radio, which consists of the lineup of Chuck D, Jahi, DJ Lord, and the S1Ws. So now, this is... I won't say it's news to me as in I'm just hearing about it while I'm reading it to you right now, but this is news to me within the past, I don't know, I want to say two weeks or so. Um... To my knowledge, I mean, I knew of some of the member changes in Public Enemy, but the whole the whole thing that's going on now with Flavor Flav and Public Enemy being called Public Enemy Radio now, as you can see, it's it says it you know it happened in 2020, and we're only three months in, so this is this is relatively new news to kind of anyone really. Um, like I said, I, I heard it about it a week I heard about it a week or two ago, but. Uh, you know, I'm not too informed on exactly what's going on or how that's going to end up or anything like that because that's still relatively new to everybody, including them. Um, back to some stuff about them. Public Enemy's first four albums during the late 1980s and early 1990s were all certified either gold or platinum and were, according to music critic Robert Hilburn in 1998, the most acclaimed body of work ever by a hip-hop act. Critic Stephen Thomas Erlewine called them the most influential and radical band of their time. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013, and they were honored with the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award at the 62nd Grammy Awards. Um, you know, pretty big stuff there from Public Enemy. Most people, I mean, anybody in hip-hop really is obviously knows who Public Enemy is, uh, as far as outside the hip-hop community, I would think in general, 
you know, most people would probably at least know who Public Enemy is. I don't know how much they would know about them, but I mean, Public Enemy definitely had a, a good impact. They, they had some really solid achievements, um, and they're an influential group, uh, not only to, like they said, the African-American community and stuff like that, but especially to other artists. Uh, really big influences on a lot of other artists, a lot of really big things done, um, kicking some doors down here for Public Enemy. So Now, since we're doing these artists as individuals let's get into a bit about chuck d particularly let's get into a little bit about chuck d whose debut solo album was in 1996 he was born august 1st 1960 in queens new york city new york united states origins of roosevelt long island new york united states genres are listed as hip-hop political hip-hop rap metal and gangster rap Years active in 1981 to present. Carlton Douglas Ridenhauer, born August 1st, 1960, known professionally as Chuck D, is an American rapper, author, and producer. As the leader of the group Public Enemy, which he co-founded in 1985 with Flavor Flav, Chuck D helped create politically and socially conscious hip-hop music in the mid-1980s. The source ranked him at number 12 on their list of the top 50 hip-hop lyricists of all time. So again, when you talk to people that are in the game and in the music industry and stuff like that, Chuck D gets very high praises. Let's get into a Chuck D song. I'm going to go to Public Enemies list here. I'm going to hit random. And if Professor Griff happens to be on it, which he probably won't because... Chuck D was really mainly the rapper in Public Enemy. Um, if Griff is on it, then Griff is on it. But I assume it will probably be just Chuck D. And then we'll get into one of Professor Griff's songs later on. So here is Public Enemy, Do You Want to Go Our Way? Now we go again, back to the roots, back to the roots. Wait, will it stop? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now what? Okay, let me cut in really quick here, actually, because you will hear on my critique of Chuck D this brought up, and and I don't know if there's going to be other specific things that I talk about that happen in this track, but it's already one thing that I, I remember about Chuck D is already happening right away in the first four bars here. Now, he says, Now what sound of my DJ cuts? Terminate is back on some old fool's track. Now, he has what and cuts in the first bar of that rhyme. Just one syllable. But two rhymes in the first bar. But then the second bar doesn't rhyme with the first bar. And it has its own set of Terminator's back on some old fool's track. So where, again, you have two rhymes in one bar, but one syllable, and the first and second bar don't rhyme with each other. Now, Chuck D did this a lot. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it right now, because you will hear a full dissection of him in, in a couple of minutes. But Chuck D did this a lot to where... He would take like these shortcuts and wind up just rhyming like a one syllable word, at, you know, in the midpoint or the end of his last sentence and the bars before it, 
either didn't rhyme or whatever the case was. So it was a lot of give and take, in my opinion, with Chuck D when it came to lyricism. Okay, so another thing that you can see here is, and you're going to hear me get into this again later, Chuck D is no follower at all. Chuck D is super original, um, and I mean that in every way. It's not just like song ideas or anything like that. Chuck D's entire mentality was very, very different from the majority of what was going on in these days. Um, again, the rhymes you have, now what you hear is what you lack. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, it's a decent line. What you hear is what you lack. I mean, it, it makes sense basically saying that what you hear coming from me is the next level up from, from you. It's what you are missing. Um, take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's just one one rhyme per bar and one syllable rhyme. So it, it's it's basic. It's nothing too special, but it's certainly nothing bad. Who dropped the bomb on hip-hop? Who got Biggie and who shot Tupac? So again, you have a kind of scenario where he uses a rhyme scheme of A-B-A-A-B, which might be actually different from anything we've seen before. So it's who dropped the bomb on hip-hop? Who got Biggie and who shot Tupac? So you have a couple, they're only one syllable really, but you have a couple of rhymes there. Dropped, hop, got, shot, Pac. So you have five rhymes in a two bar span there, which again, Chuck D did a decent amount of this. Chuck D was pretty good at, at rhyming a decent amount of rhymes per bar, but more times than not when he did that they were one syllable rhymes and a lot of times those shortcuts were taken like i spoke about a minute ago uh in the first four bars what's forgot ain't no easy no scott larock now what's rap gotta do with what you got for whom the bell tolls is that the way the story goes 85 percent believe in all the videos so you can see how Chuck D is basically saying, I'm not, I'm not into all this bullshit. I'm not into the, the, the jewelry and the videos and all this other shit that's going on. Um, and he, he was very, very consistent with this message. He stayed with this throughout his entire career. He never strayed away from this. He never sold out or anything like that. So again, much respect to Chuck D for all that. Um, but most of that, you know, you do have some some occasions where you're definitely getting more than one rhyme per bar, but you don't really have any occasions where you're getting more than one syllable rhymes or any type of any crazy lines here. So this is mostly average stuff again. God knows who controls the radios. Some people chose the most to be hoes. And so I rose in the middle of all the woes. And Jeff Jan people uh -huh. is turning up their oh. nose. There's one way in, no way out. No doubt the body count getting heads checking out. Okay, so again, more of the same. God knows who controls the radios. Three rhymes in the one bar. Some people chose the road to be hoes. Another three. So now you have six rhymes in a two-bar span, which is starting to get pretty, pretty impressive. Now, to me, this would also depend on what's being said here. Because 
anybody can just say 10 or 12 words that rhyme in a sentence and the sentence doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, if you have one syllable rhymes, which these are, it could just be, you know, road, hose, chose, like, and you could just say a bunch of random words, but God knows who controls the radios. Some people chose the road to be hose. It makes sense. I understand what he's saying. It's the same thing back to what we were talking about before with 85% believe in all the videos, how he's not interested in, you know, the jewelry and the, and the, all the stupid shit, uh, the cars and all that. Some people chose the road to be host, meaning they sold out, which is what I just told you he never did. And so I rose in the middle of all the woes and Def Jam Negroes turning up their nose. So now even that right there, you have a bunch of rhymes, of another four rhymes in a two bar sequence. And even his, his wording again in Def Jam Negroes turning up their nose, he used his way of saying what he wants to say in the way that he wants to say it and not using the normal word that most people would say and it turns out to his benefit anyway because not only is he speaking a little bit different than than most other people but it also is another thing that rhymes in that bar so there's one way in no way out no doubt the body count getting heads checking out out was in there twice, so there's not as many rhymes in that bar sequence as there appears to be. Um, this this verse in particular, I, I'm not sure it's borderline if there was enough there to really to really raise this song. Um, but he had some decent lines, and he definitely had some lines where there was a lot of rhymes per bar. But again, 90% of the time, or maybe 100% of the time, they were one-syllable rhymes. Um, and there was nothing too crazy in there. So to me, it's, it's, again, it's at one of those points where it's, it's bordering. It's more, it's definitely more good than bad right now. And it's bordering. So let's continue on and see where it goes. Do you want to go our way? I just want to point out how I've spoke about this before. There were times where artists would just repeat the same line over and over again for a hook all the time. Public Enemy did not do that all the time. Chuck D showed a tremendous ability to do all aspects of hip hop. So I don't feel that Chuck D was incapable of making a hook because he showed that he wasn't. Um, so in this particular scenario, Public Enemy or Chuck D would definitely not lose any points for that a hook being like that. Um, you have other artists who did that at least 50% of their songs. Um, and the amount of times that they were really making a hook that had lines in it was maybe 10% because you had other people doing their hooks. You had uh, just a number of you know, samples or whatever going on. And still, 50% of the time, they managed to just have hooks where they were saying the same thing just repeated. So, if you do that 100 times, 200 times, uh, you know, out of two or three, 400 songs, then yeah, you're going to start to lose some points for that. You're showing a lack of ability to do something better or more intricate. But like I said, Chuck D and Public Enemy in general did not fall into that category, so they wouldn't lose points for this hook. Like 
scene. Who's read the script? Flip it black, so I'm back in gang green. We interrupt this routine. I had a dream. The clean protein smacks against the lean. Okay, so now we're seeing a little bit of some different kind of rhyme schemes. Outraged against the scene, proofread the script, flipped it back, so I'm back in gangrene. Now, you got scene, and then you got script and flipped, and then gangrene. So again, they're only one syllable rhymes, but you have an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern going on back there. And as far as him saying, I'm back in gangrene, for those of you who are not very informed on Public Enemy, uh, we spoke earlier about the people in the in the group that are current and past, and we spoke about S1Ws. Those are the people that Chuck D and Public Enemy had with them, usually on stage and stuff like that. And they wore a lot of army suits and camo and stuff like that. So when he says I'm back in gangrene, I'm I'm to assume that's what he's speaking of. Having studied Chuck D and Public Enemy, knowing a bit about what he's talking about, I assume that's what that line means. Between the triple teams, wipe them out like a drought. Damn, my rap's just recycling. Them lips foretold, these apocalypse. Everything has a shot. You got hit with bullshit. Okay, I want to point out here that when he says, We interrupt this routine, I had a dream. The clean protein smacked the gangsta lean. Now, you got four one syllable rhymes per two bars again. So it's kind of similar to what we saw earlier. But this one to me is not as good of a line. It's a little bit of a reach as far as the rhymes are concerned where it's not that the sentences don't make sense, but they don't really lead into each other great and the lines themselves taking out the four rhymes are not that great. Between the triple team, wiped them out like a drought. Damn, that's rap tetracine. So he does another rhyme pattern again. Where he has A, A, B, B, A. So between A, the triple team A, wiped him out B, like a drought B. Damn, that's rap tetracine. So, it, again, it makes sense. He shows a different rhyme pattern here. That's the second time in this verse that he showed an ability to do a different rhyme pattern. Um, but most of the same in general, team out, drought, and then uh, tetracine. So just the last syllable rhyming. So again, just one syllable on the rhymes. The lips foretold these apocalypse. Everything had a shot and got hit with bullshit. Now, this is again a little bit of what I'm talking about where Chuck D kind of sometimes he, he reaches a little bit. When I say that he reaches, he doesn't reach with bad lines because there are people that reach with bad lines and it's like, no, 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 like that's not, that's not good. You can't, you can't say that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Chuck D never did that, but what Chuck D did was you could tell that he was much more concerned with getting his message out and less concerned with the way that he got it out. So apocalypse bullshit, it's, it's, it's there. Um, he's definitely not going to lose points for it, at least not right now. Um, it's not that it doesn't rhyme, but it is a little bit of a reach and it's just one of those things that Chuck D did quite often. So that's the only reason that I really am pointing it out right now. Politics, I get with, as one another hit. All the way crazy, shady, world 
Okay, so you got twisted politics tricks I couldn't get with as one quits another nitwit hits. So again, it's it's one of those things where you got a bunch of rhymes, you got three rhymes in the first bar, and then you have three rhymes in the second bar, and all of them rhyme with each other. So you have six rhymes in two bars that all rhyme with each other, but again, they're all one syllable. And as far as them leading into each other, they lead into each other fine, um, and they make sense. But again, Nitwit is one of those things where he's not going to lose credit for it at all. But what I'm trying to point out is that Chuck D had a way of kind of, and, and Eminem does this to an extent, where they'll kind of throw in other words than than really the way that they would speak or what what whatever normal word would be there. And they'll throw in kind of this little word to where it's just another rhyme in the bar. And... It's partially good and it's partially a little bit of a reach again. Um, it's good because it shows the cleverness to not just use your everyday words and to throw in just an extra rhyme. So it is more of a positive thing than a negative thing, but the people that manage to throw these extra rhymes in and it makes perfect sense and it's like that should be the word that's used regardless of whether it rhymes or not. And to have six of those in two bars and then say maybe each one is two or three syllables. Again, I just want people to understand where there's room for separation. I'm not putting Chuck D down for this. It's just that it's it's the little one syllable rhymes that he would kind of switch words. And to maybe your average listener or to somebody that's not studying it, you hear all these kind of, you know, six rhymes in the two bars and it sounds amazing. And it's not that it's not good because again, it's more good than bad, but it looks a little bit better at first glance than it really is when you break it down is basically what I'm trying to say. All the way crazy, shady, world turned upside down, I put it down. So again, right there, that's what we talked about in the very first four bars of this song when I said let me pause it here and I want to point out that Chuck D does this a lot so you have the one bar that says all the way crazy shady that's I believe his first two syllable rhyme that's been in this song um and it's in the first bar and then the second bar is world turned upside down I put it down so the second bar again doesn't rhyme with the first bar again it's certainly not something that he's going to lose points for right now but I just want to point out how you're getting these lines where it's six rhymes in two bars and four rhymes in two bars and this stuff. And it's kind of like, well, why is this not being raised up to a good song? And again, I'm trying to point out that there are other things that are keeping it more near the ground level of an average song. It's a little bit of give and take here. And it's something that Chuck D does a lot. He had plenty of songs where he, he murdered them for sure. Um... And most of the artists that we've covered so far have had a lot of give and take, but I just want to point out where it is. Why destroy what you love, look around, surrounded by chalk marks on the ground where the loss got found. Now that's a pretty hard line. Why destroy what you love, look around, surrounded by chalk marks on the ground where the loss got found. 
So again, it's only the one syllable, but you have four rhymes in there, uh, in the two bars, and and the the bar is powerful. Now this is one of the times where Chuck D was able to deliver a powerful line and have it be in a proper format. A lot of times Chuck D didn't do that. He would he would deliver these really powerful lines and meaningful lines, but the rhymes themselves would not be very good. This one doesn't fall into that category. This one, you know, bar A rhymes with bar B and it's in a in a format where he has four rhymes in the two bars and it makes sense and it's a hard line. So that right there was overall probably his best couple of bars that he's had in this song. Um, why it all come tumbling down? Why he and she gotta die? Now how that sound? Now that's kind of one of those things again where you can tell that he's more concerned with the point and the message of what he's saying as opposed to the actual rhymes of what he's saying because... You could say now how that sound after anything. So it's just kind of one of those cop-out things where what he really wants to say is why he and she got to die. That's the that's the meat of his sentence right there. That's the, that's the part of the sentence that's going to provoke the emotion and stuff like that. But when you look at the stuff surrounding it, it's not a great line. Now how that sound? It works. He's able to say what he wanted to say and it makes sense, but coming from somebody who who writes music and stuff like that, I know the shortcuts. I know, you know, when you you shit, I can't think of a fucking way to say this and you you got to throw something like that in there and how that sound. Well, how that look or whatever. We're still seeing more good than bad for sure from Chuck D here without a doubt. Um I I still wouldn't put this song over an average song as of right now, but let's see where the rest of the song goes. Okay, so on and on to the break of dawn, some the hundred meter dash, I'm the marathon. That's a pretty good line. I, I understand why he's saying it. I understand where he's coming from. We talked about when Public Enemy came in. Chuck D's years active are listed as 1981 to present. So you're talking about 39 years in the game right there. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what year this song was released in. 1999. Okay, so I mean even this was a long time ago, but it's a prophetic line. He's telling you, some the 100 meter dash, I'm the marathon. And here we are 21 years after this this line is said and he's still, you know, doing his thing. Um, I don't know of anything recent that they've released, but I mean, he's still very active in the game. So again, it's a good line. It's a prophetic line. Been around a long time, but the rhyme the same. Sound remains insane. Exchange the rain. 
Now, again, that's one of those things where I, you have a couple of rhymes in the two-bar sequence, but it's one-syllable rhymes, and he's kind of just throwing words together that rhyme. It's not that the sentence doesn't make sense. It's not totally random or out of the blue. I, I get where he's going with it, but the lines themselves are not great. It's just throwing in a bunch of words that rhyme, a bunch of one-syllable words. Ain't that something? Figure I smashed the pumpkin. So I parallel the brains of Cobain. Now that's one of those lines again where he's obviously referencing alternative music, Smashing Pumpkins, Brains of Cobain. But you have in the first bar, ain't that something, figure I smash the pumpkin. So you got a two-syllable rhyme and you have two rhymes in the first bar. But then the second bar is, so I parallel the brains of Cobain, where you have a one-syllable rhyme, you have one rhyme in the second bar, but the second bar doesn't rhyme with the first bar. It's a good line, so it definitely, out again, the good outweighs the bad because it's a good line, but it's not said in the best way possible. Show no shame like the pain of Cain getting mad opposition hip to the game. Again, pretty pretty decent lines. That That's not as good as the ones that were before it, but you have three one-syllable rhymes in the first bar, and then you just have the one one-syllable rhyme in the second bar. So you have four rhymes in your two bars right there, all one-syllable. Um... A, a lot of what we've seen in the first two verses from Chuck D. Okay, so some stuff to point out again here. It's that grand old P.E. ammo, different time, different channel, funky piano. So you have two syllables on the rhyme here, and you have three rhymes in the two bars. But again, that last line of funky piano is not bad, but it's just kind of randomly thrown in there as another rhyme. I'll give it a little bit more credit this time because it's a two-syllable rhyme. So again, we're seeing more good than bad, but a lot of the same. Here to witness, get on up with the quickness. S1's in the house with the thickness. Get this. So again, we have two syllables on the rhymes here. Witness, quickness, thickness, get this. And the S1s we just spoke about with the camo gear and all that. So again, you're hearing them referred to. Um, now we have four rhymes in those two bars. And it's two syllables on the rhyme. But 
bar A doesn't really have anything to do with bar B. And then you have that get this at the end of the second line. And then it goes into something else that really has nothing to do with that. So again, it's more good than bad, but there are things that are kind of holding it back a little bit from really being as good as it could be. One, two, three, four, five, attack and they frat. Griff is back. Got five on it, Black. Again, one syllable rhymes, a bunch of rhymes in the bars, one syllable rhymes, and he kind of just throwing words in there. Got five on it, Black. It's, you know, you're calling someone Black, you're calling someone this, you're calling someone that. You could, you could just do that with anything. It's just... It's not really the word that would probably have necessarily been used had it not rhymed with that. Another example of that is B. So many words end with that that strong E sound that if you just end anything, if you end any sentence with B, then you will just rhyme it. And it, So it's, again, you're not really finding the best way to rhyme what you're trying to say. The track got X on the decks. Terminate is back. Cause of that is whack. So now you have a little bit of a different rhyme pattern here because the other one ended in black and then you have the track, which is A, got X, B on decks, B. The Terminate is back, A. Cause of that is whack, A. So you actually have A, B, B, A, A, A. On this one, which is probably different from anything we've ever seen. But again, instead of just being something different from what we've seen, it's turning into even in just this song by itself. Now, again, I listened to 150 songs in a row of these guys, but even just in this song, you can see the pattern of that second bar just rhyming with itself and not rhyming with the bar prior to it. And him kind of getting an easy out there of just saying whatever he wants to say. On the one and two, yeah, go flavor. P.E. hit the road, getting set to explode. Again, same exact thing. You just have two rhymes, two one-syllable rhymes in the second bar that rhyme with each other. And it doesn't rhyme with the first bar at all. Fight the power for peace. Can't forget the war mode. Overload. There she blows. So now... What's happening here is you have the one bar on the one and two, yeah, go flavor. P.E. hit the road, getting set to explode. So the second bar only rhymes with itself, but now you have the third bar, fight the power for peace, can't forget the war mode. The third bar rhymes with the second bar, but here's something that your average person probably wouldn't understand. Bars are from beats, okay? People like to think of bars as lines, which they kind of are. But what you're really talking about when you're talking about bars is you're talking about something on the beat. You could count the bars on the beats without ever saying a word. So the problem with rhyming the second bar and the third bar is now you're going to be off beat. So if he rhymes two and three and then four, if he goes on to something else, it's going to have to rhyme four and five. And then he's going to go on to something else, and then it's going to be six and seven. So he's never going to end on the correct note because your verses are always going to stop after eight bars or 16 bars or 24 bars or 32 bars. You're not going to end your verse on your ninth bar or something like that. 
and you're going to see what I'm talking about. Overload, there she blows. Here we go, now you know. Damn, another Alamo. So again, it's a bunch of one-syllable rhymes thrown together. It, they don't necessarily lead into each other very well. And as you can hear at the end of the verse, and if you didn't catch it, go back and play it again. His verse ends a bar early because he didn't rhyme that one bar and then he decided to rhyme the two and three. So then he decided to rhyme the four and five and it ended like that. Now, again, I'm not going to call this song below average right now because I do think that we saw more good than bad in this song. But I do just want to point out that there, there was a bit of give and take again. Um, this probably would have been scored as an average song, I would assume. But there were certain things that were done in this song that weren't done often. Like the hook being repetitive. That wasn't done very often by Public Enemy or not often enough to where they lost any points for it. But the other stuff, like ending a bar early and this, you know, this bar not rhyming with this bar and stuff like that. Chuck D did do that stuff a lot. So, again, when you hear my critique of Chuck D, just understand where I was coming from and why he was getting that critique because you could see a lot of examples of it in the song that we just listened to. So, with that being said, let's get into what I wrote down for Chuck D when I was listening to Public Enemy. I knew of Public Enemy as well as Chuck D before doing this. What I did not know was that Chuck D was the driving force of Public Enemy and was clearly the lead MC. Mr. Chuck was difficult to judge lyrically because although he had some incredible metaphorical ideas and some tremendous wordplay, he usually failed to deliver them with the proper rhyme or in the proper hip-hop manner. It was as if he was taking shortcuts to allow him to say what he wanted to say while not really following a pattern. I had him just below average lyrically because although his lyrics were extremely meaningful and powerful, I felt he struggled at times to find a way to deliver them correctly. He also seemed to ramble on a bit sometimes as if he got lost in the verse. Chuck D was part of 17 hip-hop albums between Public Enemy, himself, and the collaboration with West Coast political rapper Paris. Five of Public Enemy's albums were good, including the one with Paris, and the other nine were average. Of Mr. Chuck's three solo projects, two were average and one was good. Of the 202 songs he was a part of, either by himself or with Public Enemy, only one of them is great, but 10 of them were good and only 5 were weak. I would say overall, Public Enemy had more success than Chuck D did by himself, but nonetheless his impact was pretty large in all areas. He also had clear influences on artists such as Puff Daddy, Jay-Z, Rex in Effect, Fat Joe, Cannabis, Biggie, Onyx, Joe Budden, Yosh, LL Cool J, Dead Prez, MC Light, E-40, Spice One, Pete Rock, Buckshot, Sticky Fingers, Common, AG, Pharaoh Monch, Tragedy Gaddafi, Eric Sermon, and others. Originality is where Mr. Chuck really shined though. His image wasn't standout, but it also wasn't trendy. Nothing about him was. From the way he rhymed to the song subjects, to his voice, delivery, and flow, Chuck D was no follower. The approach was different, the beats were different. His message was clear and stayed consistent over what is now over a 30 year career. So again, hats off to Chuck D, hats off to Public Enemy. That fucking list of artists that he influenced is absolutely major. So when we talked about Public Enemy as a group, 
They did have a lot of accolades, but not necessarily some of the accolades that some artists did have prior to Public Enemy. Um, so while their impact was definitely very big, it, it wasn't as big as some of the artists that we've had prior. But that list of artists that he influenced, I feel, brings them right back up to having a really major, major impact, along with some of the greats that have had really big impacts in this game. Because not only is that a long list of people, but there's some tremendous names on there. Um, so like I spoke about in the beginning of the show, when you talk to actual rappers... Chuck D is held very high in a lot of people's eyes, for sure. And there has to be some sort of reason for that. Getting into the math of Chuck D, lyrics, 4.5. Albums, 3.42 with zero classics. Songs, minus .20, as we spoke about one great song and five weak songs. Impact, 7.5. Originality, 9. Add all those up. Divide by 5, you get a final score of 4.84, which is currently in 24th of 114 artists done. So, hey, that's pretty solid, man. Um, still top 25. I'm in the mid-90s right now. 114 artists done. Chuck D is still in that in that top, you know, 20% or so. Um, super original, super impactful. Like we've seen with, with most artists up to this point, but Chuck D really, really setting the bar as far as coming out with something different right there. Uh, hats off to him for all he accomplished. Like I said, he, he's still heavy in the game, but there's the final scores on Chuck D. With that being said, let's get into Professor Griff, whose debut solo album was in 1990. He was born August 1st, 1960 in Roosevelt, Long Island, New York, U.S., Genres are hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1982 to present. Richard Griffin, born August 1st, 1960, better known by his stage name Professor Griff, is an American rapper, spoken word artist, and lecturer currently residing in Atlanta. He was a member of the hip-hop group Public Enemy, serving as the group's Minister of Information before departing due to a controversy regarding alleged homophobic and anti-Semitic statements made during an interview. Griffin was born in Roosevelt, Long Island, New York. Before becoming famous and after serving in the U.S. Army, he started a security company called Utility Force to do security at parties. He is best known for his S1W security team dressed in military uniforms who toured with Public Enemy, providing security and doing choreographed military step drills on stage. Today he does lectures on politics, society, and the music industry, has an internet radio show on World Star Hit Radio, and teaches classes in the Kabbalion and the Seven Hermetic Principles for Self-Mastery. With that out of the way, let's get into a Professor Griff song. Go to his list and hit random. Okay, this is by Professor Griff and it's called Love Thy Enemy. Forgive me why I'm sick. Your own race in a DOA case, so sample list. My 808 disc, 
Okay, so before I even get into the actual rhymes, we can, I mean, I, I would assume you can hear it. Um, I, I guess I, I don't know that, or maybe I shouldn't assume, but he definitely has trouble with his flow. When I, I do understand that some people don't really get this, and you know sometimes you try to explain it and people still don't really understand, and that's fine. If you're not creating music, then you don't have to understand. That's totally fine. But when we talk about flow, Understand that there is a science to this. There is. It's not just... Now, don't get me wrong. You may have people who can hop on a song and just flow without ever counting their syllables or making sure that things are on point. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. They might not really even know what I'm talking about, but their flow is always on point. Same way, you know, Drumline is a perfect example. The movie where... Dude's great at playing the drums, but he can't read music. So you do have scenarios like that to where people probably couldn't even tell you what I'm talking about as far as as far as flow, but they can flow. Now, what I'm talking about is there's all different ways to flow to a song, but your lines have to have a certain amount of syllables in them, and certain words have to be said at certain times that are either going to go with the kick drum or, or the snares in the song. You know, if you have a... You know, you have a faster flow when you're going with the snares as opposed to going with the drums or whatever. But, you know, most people that write music or write lyrics would be able to explain to you and say, you know, and understand what I'm talking about when I say that there is a science behind flow. So it's not just me saying, well, I don't, I don't like his flow. It's not that I don't like your flow. If your flow is off and you're saying the wrong number of syllables in your sentences and stuff like that, and you're showing over time that you don't understand this that there are certain people that if i were to probably say this to them professor griff probably being one of them and i could think of a couple of others off the top of my head they wouldn't really even understand what i'm saying because if they did they would be applying it in their songs um with that being said let's get into the actual lyrics of what he said i firmly think it's a crime to drop a dime on a brother of your own kind that's that's a good line right there um, you have three rhymes, they're one syllable, you have three rhymes in the two bars, they lead into each other well, they make perfect sense, and he makes a strong point. A damn disgrace to show your face, give you something I can chew this bass. Now that's one of those lines where you have two rhymes in the first bar, just one syllable on them, but then the second bar only has the one rhyme, and the second bar has really nothing at all to do with the first bar, and it's not really a great line anyway. On your own race in a DOA case, so sample this, my 808 disc. Very similar right there to what we've seen Chuck D do. You have on your own race in a DOA case, which is one bar. You have two one-syllable rhymes in the first bar. Then in the second bar, so sample this, my 808 disc. You have two one-syllable rhymes in the second bar, but neither the first bar or the second bar rhyme with each other. So again, it's a little bit of a shortcut. And we're only in the fourth verse here overall, and we've seen this done probably 10 times. So you can understand where I'm coming from when I tell you that I listen to 150 songs in a row of these people, and a lot of times they take these shortcuts. It has to be noted. Then don't you dare miss the LAD kicking in action. Tell your next of kin of the colored attraction. So now, action, attraction... It is two syllables, but really it's action. It's both the same word, 
but I'm not going to say that it's bad because attraction obviously is a different word than action. But it's a little again, it's a little bit of a reach on on something that looks like it's a two-syllable rhyme. It is, but it isn't. The AGS, the Black Ghetto Assassin, will destroy the thought of you colored in the White House. Now you quiet as a goddamn church mouse. So again, you have one of those scenarios where the bar one and two don't really rhyme with each other, and then you have the end of the other bars rhyming. It's a bit of a shortcut. And you also have a run-on bar in there. The AGS, the Black Ghetto Assassin... And then the next bar is, we'll destroy the thought of you colored in the White House. Don't rhyme with each other, and it's a run-on bar. Now you quiet as a goddamn church mouse. You distort the scripture as you paint the picture of the man who paid the ultimate price. So again, you have this scenario going on where he's off with his bars. You have one line that doesn't rhyme with the other, and then you have two lines after it that rhyme. He gave his life. 6,000 years later, you claim to be doing us a favor by painting his face white, right? Wrong. Check God's song. Again, same thing. 6,000 years later, you claim to be doing us a favor. So you have the two rhymes, two syllables, by painting his face white, right? So white and right, one syllable rhymes in the one bar, and then the next bar is wrong. Check God song. And you have the rhyme, the one syllable rhymes in the second line. So again, the lines don't rhyme with each other. And you have a lot of one syllable rhymes. And his bar count is off. His flow is off. Now, this is kind of almost the opposite. It's very similar to Chuck D in style. But it's almost the opposite of Chuck D in the sense that while this isn't enough for me to turn around and say that this is a weak song, it it appears to be more bad than good, and it would be noted in my head that it's on the fence, and it's going somewhere, but it's going more down than up. So, read the headlines doing the white lines. Again, headlines, white lines, it's not a rhyme. It's the same word. Now, the lines are different. You're talking about headlines, something written, and white lines, cocaine. I get it, but it's a bit of a reach. It's not really a rhyme, and the, the words are not, they're not homonyms. They're not spelt different. Um, or anything like that. It's not that they're like spelled different, but they sound the same or anything like that. You're just, you're literally saying the same word. Selling out to the white lady. Susie's pile of toot drove me crazy. I mean, I get what he's saying, but it's, again, it's not a good line. At least you have lady and crazy. It's two syllables. 
but the line is just not good. It's not terrible. It's not really bad to the point where he's going to lose points, but it's not a good line. Committing the worst of sin, heh, and now you're doing it again. Kill from KC, you see, a sheep from the black nation. Now, again, you could see right there because I stopped it at an even amount of bars, and then that doesn't rhyme. So you have kill from KC, you see, on the one bar, and then in the next bar, a sheep from the black nation, which doesn't rhyme with the bar before it. And C and C, you have the letter C and the word C, but still a one-syllable rhyme, and then the next bar doesn't rhyme with it. Okay, again, you got a lot more of the same. His flow is off on a lot of that. His bars are not lining up, which is why, again, at the end, you see where you have to have the last line, I might surprise you, it's Elijah. So it's two syllables, but it doesn't rhyme with the line before it because if he were to stop where that bar was before that, it wouldn't have been at the end of his verse because he wasn't on point with his bar counting and he was rhyming rhymes in random places where they didn't belong and his verse would have ended early so he just had to say a line that rhymed with itself at the end of that. Okay, so give me the mic and a stage, then turn the page. Checking for an anti-Nazi raid. There's nothing wrong with that. You have your three rhymes on two bars, one syllable rhymes. Release the pen for the ravage, so lost in a metal passage. You think you're grown, then hold your own. Get the fuck off the telephone. Ravage and passage are a little bit of a reach. I, I, I won't take away just, just based on that, but a little bit of a reach. Two syllables, though. You think you're grown, then hold your own. Get the fuck off the telephone. You have three one-syllable rhymes in your two bars right there. Bars leading to each other. Okay. And beat me, then you'll see I'm pulling you back with some black facts. Now... That line is fine, but the get the fuck off the telephone and beat me is a run on bar. Then you'll see I'm pulling you back with some black facts. So you have back black facts. You have three rhymes in your two bars there, one syllable, but it ends with another run on bar because the next bar is to counterattack that bullshit because I ain't having it nor am I with it. It's a run-on bar and 
you have bullshit because I ain't having it, nor am I with it. It seems like, again, it's one of those things where shit, I ain't having it, I ain't with it. But you're just saying the same thing. It and it is not a rhyme. It's just the same word. Not anything terrible on its own, but this is starting to lead towards below an average song because you just keep seeing in almost every bar there's there's something negative to point out. Your ball of confusing me is nonsense. It's not worth about two cents. Okay, line. Um, you know, it's not worth about two cents. I, I, I understand the play on words. They're throwing you two cents. So I won't say that it's a bad line, but I, I do think that using sense and sense, it's a cool little play on the word sense as in nonsense and sense as in money. But I think it could have been done better. I don't think it was done in the best possible way. Um, it's pathetic to think you're a Semitic. It's always done by those of a foolish critic. Semitic and critic, it's another reach for a rhyme. Got it, you can fool the blind, but now it's time to rhyme. Check this out. Uh. Again, you have blind, time, rhyme, three rhymes in the two bars, just one syllable rhymes, and really, I won't say that the bars have nothing to do with each other, but you can tell that he's getting a little sporadic as far as bar A and bar B. The overall theme is generally the same, not that there's a particular theme that's being necessarily followed in this song, but it's not that he's gone completely astray, but the bars don't always lead into each other well. Now, if you got a problem, I take you in, my knees won't bend. So again, it's one of those things where you're using in and bend. It's a little bit of a reach for a rhyme and it's one syllable and you're putting something at the end. But if you want to dance, I take a chance, grab the D and get lazy. I think at this point, it would definitely be noted that this is a below average song. I won't go out of my way to say that it definitely got nailed as a zero, but you know, knowing, remembering, listening to him and, and how he was, um, and knowing that he did these things that he's not doing well right now in pretty much every song. And he was pretty consistently losing points for, you know, lyrics and, uh, and song scores and stuff like that. This would this would probably be between an average and a weak song. Um, and if the next song was in the same fashion, which it probably was, I would probably call one even in one week. To please some sorry ass milk toast faggot, you must be crazy. It was serious, you see. Lee shocked me. It gets to a point now where 
crazy and lazy is two syllables and they do rhyme with each other, but his bar count is off again. It's, it's not the correct places for the rhymes to be. It was serious. You see Lee shocked me. Very, very simple rhymes. See Lee me. I'm not really sure what he's talking about when he says Lee. But very, very, very simple lines. There's a lot of times where there's just blank space and then he'll just say two or three words. Um, and it's also a run-on bar because he says, Lee shocked me and then new bar into a state of unawareness of the real problem, which rhymes with nothing. And that's mainly because his bar count is off. So where you have his verse being in the middle, there's nothing rhyming there at the end of it because... He's off with his bar count. again you got more of the same uh we picking up where we left off cash oh no g i bust your ass huh i got a work jacket and the tools to match now first of all the cash oh no g i bust your ass it doesn't really make any sense it doesn't have anything to do with anything and then he had to take a break if you listen to the verse because he was trying to let that bar go by where he wasn't caught up on and then he says he tries to put a rhyme in this bar because it doesn't rhyme with anything after it. I got a work jacket and the tools to match. Jacket and match don't rhyme. And then after that, you got ain't clean with a poison cat. The short guy has a complex. So who's next to expect me to apologize? There's nothing that rhymes with clean. There's nothing that rhymes with cap. And then all of a sudden, he throws in complex, who's next to expect. And that's supposed to be the end of a bar. And then it's a run-on bar into me to apologize. And the tears in my eyes will never fall as I give you the last and final call. And then he's off with his bar count again. So he says, come on, huh? And then that leads into the hook. So... It's really a mess. There's a lot of messy things going on in here. Um, like I said, kind of the opposite of Chuck D. You can see the similarities. You can see the couple of rhymes per bar. You can see the one, mostly one rhyme, uh, one syllable per rhyme. You can see the, the similarities, but you can also see a lot of separation. Chuck D was definitely much better lyrically and overall. So, I, you know, I just want to point out again where... I, I don't want to just call that a weak song because I, I can't I can't say that just listening to it by itself that I was like, man, that is like really bad. But it it was right there because it, it, it didn't start off great and then he had 
couple little areas where he did a couple of good things, but the song just continued to get worse and worse as it went on, um, and there was nothing else really there to carry it. He didn't have much success in a solo career. This wasn't a popular song. Uh, there was no real theme here for him to keep a topic. There was no, you know, original topic of a song here. So, I mean, there really just wasn't anything to carry it above average or really even back to, to just being average. So it was definitely below average. I, I don't know that by itself that I would call it a weak song, but I, I can almost guarantee you that that was probably a, a weak song when listening to all of his songs in succession like that. So now when we get into my critique on Professor Griff right now, this is again another good example because like I said, there's a lot of times where you have artists that they were really good and then you don't get a great song or they were really bad and then you get one of their best songs and it's a little bit rough because you're not really getting the accurate picture by listening to their song that we play sometimes. But both of these today... I felt were pretty good representations of the artists that we're covering. I thought that we saw a lot of examples in both of these songs of things that I bring up in my synopsis of both of these guys. Professor Griff was similar to Chuck D in that their rhyme styles or patterns took the same shortcuts and schemes while I believe the aim of their political message was the same. However, Professor Griff was not as good as Chuck D, nor did he manage to make the same strong points. Along with times where he simply did not even attempt to rhyme certain bars, Griff began to sound redundant and pointless, almost like an educated idiot. Although I could not necessarily relate firsthand to most of what Chuck D and Public Enemy spoke on, I certainly respected it and understood their position and where they were coming from. I felt for the most part that they did a good job addressing issues that needed to be addressed and that they approached them in the correct manner and from the right standpoint. Angry, but intelligent and motivated. Professor Griff seemed to be none of that. He seemed to be hateful, confused, and bitter for the most part. He was well below average lyrically and had trouble with his flow. Griff registered five qualifying albums through the course of his career, four of them being average and one being weak. Of the 61 songs he was a part of, none were great or even good, while 11 were weak. Some songs later in his career were basically just him talking over a beat and occasionally rhyming. The Professor was not a huge part of Public Enemy, but he was on some songs, and if not for that, his impact score would have been even lower. He was in one of the most influential hip-hop groups ever, and hardly anyone knows who he is. He did, however, manage to have influences on artists such as Nas, Mace, AZ, Diddy, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Ludacris, MC Light, E-40, Pete Rock, Fredro Starr, Sticky Fingers, and a couple of others. Griff was pretty original for the most part, and even poetic at times, although it was hard to tell if he was doing it because he wanted to, or because he was incapable of better. He did, however, not seem to follow trends or sell out, and definitely stay consistent with his message throughout his career. Into the math on Professor Griff, lyrics 3.5, which is a whole point behind Chuck D, and like I said, when you have this many artists, you know, 450 artists fitting into a 10 point span, that one point difference is big. Albums 2.71 with zero classics. Songs minus 1.8. As we spoke about, not only did he not have any great songs, and he had 11 weak songs, but he never even had a single good song. 
So that's that's really rough for me to listen to that many songs, uh, 62 I believe it was, and not be able to find a way to give you credit for a single good song when I'm literally studying your songs and looking for good or bad things in them. That's rough. Impact, he gets a five. Um, again, you, you're seeing a pretty long list of names here, but most of that is from Public Enemy and not really him. I, I don't really know. There may have been one or two people in his solo career, if any, that he influenced. So the majority of that is coming from Public Enemy and it's, it's a double-edged sword because... If it weren't for Public Enemy, he wouldn't really have a lot of those names on his list. But at the same time, he was part of Public Enemy. And although his impact score alone would be very low, um, he was part of that group. So it does even it out, in my opinion. He gets a five in that category. Originality, he gets a seven and a half. Um, he wasn't as original as Chuck D in the sense that it didn't feel that any of Chuck D's originalities were because he wasn't good. Whereas I did feel that there were some things about Professor Griff that were kind of original, but at the same time, they really only seemed like they were happening because he wasn't capable of doing anything better. So I didn't feel he deserved as high of a score in the originality category as Chuck D did. You add all those up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 3.38, which is currently in 104th place of 114 artists done. So, very low. Um, I believe it was MC Hammer that we did like a week or two ago who was in, I want to say 112th maybe of 114 artists done. So, not quite as low here for Professor Griff, but still a very low score in 104th place out of 114 artists done. Um, I assume that he will be in the bottom, you know, 50 people or so when this is all said and done. Uh, I, I hope that I don't have to listen to another 40 people that are worse than him. <laughs> but I do know that there are some really rough artists out there that I am covering. So, you know, you got to assume that more people probably will finish below him, but a really a rough outing for Professor Griff in general. And like I said, if it wasn't for being part of Public Enemy, this score could have been a lot lower and probably would have been right around where Hammer was. So that's probably what's causing the separation right now. But again, you can't take that away from him. He was part of the group. So it is what it is. Um, as far as what place they came in, let's talk about the current list that we've gone through so far. We have covered, including these two today, we have covered 24 artists. So obviously I told you guys for the rest of the month of March, we will run off the top 33% of artists covered. So if we've covered 24 artists, then that would be the top eight. So we're going to go off of our top eight, our top 33% final list right now. At the top, we still have Rev Run from Run DMC, who's in 12th of 114 artists done. Behind him, we have LL Cool J in 13th of 114 artists done. Behind LL is DMC from Run DMC, who's tied for 17th of 114 artists done. 
Then behind him, we have Chuck D who slides in now at 24th of 114 artists done. Behind Chuck D, we have Cool Mo D in 26th of 114 artists done. And then behind Cool Mo D, we have Mike D, Ad Rock, and MCA of the Beastie Boys, all tied for 31st of 114 artists done. So that's our top 33% right now. As always, man, big shout out to all these artists. Um, you know, we've had some people finish low, but what what we're seeing here, and this is a big reason why I really wanted to do this, is everybody's kind of in here for a reason. Where, you know, Hammer had the low lyric score, he had the low album score, he had the low song score and stuff like that, but the originality and the impact kind of, you know, he had the impact to where he had one of the greatest selling hip-hop albums of all time and stuff like that, and then... You know, you have kind of a similar scenario with Professor Griff where, I mean, really, you know, not to be an asshole, but he's not a good rapper. Um, lyrically, it's just not there. You know, struggle with the flow, things like that. The albums, you know, weren't very good. You got a, a rough song score and stuff like that, but you have a, a really good originality score and the impact is there. Public Enemy is an iconic group. Take nothing away from them. So even the artists that really aren't technically good, they're still in here for a reason. They're still going to have pretty decent scores in one area or another. So it is interesting to see how much a good score in a certain area or how much a bad score in a certain area can either carry you up high or place you down really low. So I do like seeing the numbers. I know personally when I get when I'm done with somebody and I used to think I knew where they were going to go by like listening to them like, oh, "I think this guy will probably be top 25." But I've come to notice that sometimes I listen to people and, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm excited to see where this guy's going to finish. And he doesn't finish anywhere near where I thought he was going to finish. So it's not always as simple as what you like or what you're enjoying or what sounds good to you or something like that. You know, you have somebody who's really good lyrically but lacks in another area. Or you have somebody that's really rough lyrically but makes up for it in another area. And it's just interesting when you, when it's all all is said and done to to add up all the numbers and get everybody on an even playing field and see with all things included uh, who finishes where. With that being said, let's get to the current top 10% lyrically. Obviously, we have no changes here. Um... We have 24 people, so we're gonna we're gonna stick with our top two, who are both tied for first. We have Rev Run with a five and a half, and LO Cool J also with a five and a half. Um, they're both tied for first right now in your top 10% lyrically. So we'll see what happens as we go on. But we had Chuck D at four and a half, and Professor Griff at three and a half today. So no change to the lyrical score. As we start getting into more people. We're going to see more names put there for sure. So we may see other people peek into that spot or we may have somebody in that time pass Rev Run and LL Cool J and take a spot ahead of them. So be interesting to see what happens from here on out. Um, if you'd like to see any of the full lists, give the Facebook website a visit www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. Everything spelt normal. Um, on my anchor profile, which is www.anchor.fm slash tell of the tapes. Again, everything's spelled normal. Um, there's a donate button on there. There's a share button on there. Feel free to share. Feel free to donate. Anybody listening, anybody helping out in any type of way, I truly appreciate it. Um, I've 
been receiving good good feedback on it and I do appreciate that because it is taxing it is time consuming it is stressful it's not easy to, to find the time to get this done I do have a lot of things going on um, so I, I do appreciate hearing the positive feedback I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it it makes me want to continue on with doing it and stuff like that so uh, again big shout out to everybody done regardless of where they finish big shout out to everybody listening I really appreciate it yeah! Next week will be week 10, and I'm super excited for next week. I don't want to spoil anything and tell you why I'm super excited for next week, but I will tell you that next week is Boogie Down Productions. They were scored as individuals. Uh, that's D-Nice and KRS-One. And I, I just, I'm telling you, I know for a fact that next week is going to be a super intriguing episode to get done. Uh... Not only because of where some people are finishing, but because of some of the things that are that are going to go on, that I know are going to go on and are going to be talked about in the next episode. Uh, some really, really, really crazy stuff. So if you were going to tune in for one, I would say tune in to next week. Again, like I said, it'll be episode 10, Boogie Down Productions. That's it for today. Tale of the Tapes, episode 9. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.